Hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with host Mary-Kate Grady. Mary-Kate's guest today is Michael Corsini, a Catholic artist, musician, and illustrator. Michael is a graduate of the Ringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida, and he received a Master's of Sacred Theology degree from the John Paul II Institute in Washington, D.C. Michael believes that beautiful, sacred art is both prophetic and healing, and he uses his talent to bring souls close to Christ. Michael is a husband and father of five children, and he and his family live in northeastern Pennsylvania, where they have uh, begun a kind of a small farm with animals and such things. Uh, Mary-Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry, and it's so good to be back with you all again. And of course, we're still yet in this season of Easter, which it's beautiful how long it is. I love how long it is. So still rejoicing in the um, newness and the freshness of Easter and the resurrection and keeping that in our minds and hearts as we go forward into the springtime towards the summer. So hoping all of you are being blessed and uh, drawing closer to Christ during this season of Easter. Um, and, of course, you're joining us with In the Father's Hands program. You could hear us on JMJ Catholic Radio 750. We're on Saturday night at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday afternoon at 1. Um, but also you could hear us uh, through our podcast online. Um, just do a search engine In the Father's Hands podcast. Um, and you should be able to come up with our program if it's easier for you to listen to it at a different time rather than on JMJ. Um, but please, again, of course, as always, keep JMJ Catholic Radio in your prayers. Um, and if it's ever possible, you have a little extra at the end of the month, please remember JMJ Catholic Radio. Um, they, they do wonders for our area, bringing the faith so that we can listen to it at our, in our homes and in our cars and um, just be surrounding ourselves with the presence of God always. So we're really grateful for that. Um, so thank you for joining us today. Um, go ahead and open up your Bibles as we do each time to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, verses 27, where we read, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Um, you know, keep that keep that with you at all times, this um, passage from Scripture. I think a lot of times we get really distracted in our lives and we forget um, how near God is to us, so near that he's holding us in his hands. And if you ever have moments where you especially feel alone or struggling, um, you're never alone. And just let that thought sink into your mind and heart um, to bring joy and peace to your soul no matter what going on in your life. The Father's holding you, and he's, he's with you in it all the way. So um, thank you, Heavenly Father, for that gift and promise. Um, and we're really excited today to have Michael Corsini join us. Michael, thanks for coming on the program. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. And um, we're just, you know, we're excited to have you and hear a little bit about your journey with God, Michael. Um, and as I always do, I like to start by asking a hard question, <laughs> um, uh, seemingly easy but kind of hard. Um, what would be a favorite scripture, verse, or passage of yours, and, and why is it meaningful to you? 
Uh, you know, there's there's so much, isn't there? Um, what comes to mind for me is uh, Ephesians 3, uh, verse 14 to about 20. Um, you know, here Paul is a, is a prisoner, and he's writing from prison, and uh, and the whole cha- the whole letter to the Ephesians is amazing to me. It's it's not just like this, you know, um, how to live uh, as a Christian in the sense of like how to live a moral way of life, but it's it's a it's sort of like a blueprint of how to live with Christ and how Christ is radically uh, being with us. Um, it, anyway, it, it reminds me of uh, Benedict XVI's, um, often quoted, and I'm probably not going to say, I'll just give you the gist. It was that Christianity is, is, um, is not an idea, you know, but, but a relationship. And I, and I find that the, the whole letter to the Ephesians is, is that for me. I, I turn to it time and time again, but this passage of Ephesians 3.14 I'm sure it's um, near and dear to your listeners. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's like, for me, it's like this incredible promise of God that he's inviting me to step into every single day. Um, and, and not just that, but that he wants to give me um, this incredible gift of being able to somehow comprehend his love um, as over the top and intense as that is. Uh, and the other thing for me that's really helpful with this passage is that it sort of orients me in my proper origin. You know, my origin is in the Father. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my origin is in this family that he, and uh, from that he is, and he has named me, you know. And for me, I've often struggled with, um, with anxiety and throughout my life. And this passage, when I, when I open it up very often, just makes anxiety flee from me. Mm. And so I, I find that I turn to it sometimes on a daily basis, but definitely multiple times a week. So That's beautiful. And, and something I just came to my mind when you're bringing up that passage is, I don't know if you ever feel this way, Michael, but I think that when we remember that we're part of the family of God, there's something so powerful in that because even like people that might be seemingly like maybe could be like our enemies or hard to pray for, when you think of them as like your brother and sister in Christ, it kind of is like a game changer, you know, because mm, it's not yeah. really like those people over there. It's like, oh, we're all in this family. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, that, that was a beautiful passage. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I, we probably all have different passages like that. We kind of keep coming back or I don't know about you, Michael, but sometimes I, I don't always have a great memory for memorizing scripture but passages will come to my mind, and I know it's God, and it's not me, because my memory for it's not great, but passages will come to my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, there's another promise of God he's trying to help me remember, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, it's the wonder of Scripture. I, I think that one of the amazing things about this passage in particular for me, but Scripture in general, is that every time I come to it, there's there's a kind of deepening, you know? Um, it never seems to be... Uh, 
never seems to be dry. You know, it, it mm. seems yeah. to be yeah, feeding me. So it's like always a new angle, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Michael, would you share with us a little bit, um, you know, if, I know this is a real personal question, but kind of in your life, is um, what are some maybe ways or a way that you've really felt the Heavenly Father uh, holding you in his hands and guiding your life? Well, I'm a convert to the faith. Um, I think it's probably the case that many people in our culture struggle with the image of the Father for a variety of reasons, you know, um, sure. whether, it, whether it's maybe not having the greatest, you know, um, natural father in your life or, or someone to father you. Um, that sometimes the, the, it's hard to kind of draw into your mind, what is a good father? You know, what is, mm-hmm. what does this word father really mean? You know, and my fa- my father, um, thank God was a good man and he loved me very much. Um, but my family was never, uh, we never thought that faith was something that was uh, important. And so to my memory, I don't think we ever prayed as a family in my, in my life growing up. And so I didn't have a father in my life, in my life, a uh, coach, Boy Scout leader, anyone who was really able to, to lead me and spiritually, you know, someone who could mm-hmm. spiritually be a father to me. Um, and so as I was coming into the church and kind of inquiring about the church around 2001, uh, there was a, a local parish priest that found out about my, my artistic ability, and he had a statue of St. Therese that they found in a barn. And they needed it to be restored, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. I'll try to, to restore this, this old statue. And um, at the time, I was suffering with, with, with depression, quite honestly, because I, was, I had spent my entire life as an artist getting ready to be a, um, an animator. And uh, so I'd, I'd studied it in school, and when I got out of college, uh, all the hand-drawn animation studios were closing down for computer animation, and I just didn't have that skill. It was impossible for me to find a job, and so there I was living with my parents after school, and that was depressing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was in my parents' basement with my with this statue, and uh, after my day job, I would come home at night and work on the statue, and I had spent so much time researching St. Therese and trying to find um, what her face would really have looked like, you know, uh, skin tones, everything. Mm-hmm. And as I began to restructure and repaint this face of the statue, uh, something happened <laughs> that I didn't expect, and uh, it startled me. I felt like there was a presence uh, with me there. In, in, in the dark of the basement in my, with a studio light on. And I mm. was startled and, and actually frightened. And I kind of looked around like there was some, like a presence as if somebody was standing right behind you or around you. Right. And, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. And uh, it suddenly dawned on me that, that it was Therese. I can't explain it because at that point in my life, I really had not any faith at all. Sure. And so all I did was I began to speak with her. And uh, she revealed herself to me as a friend. And uh, anyway, that's just to say that the way that I began to come to know that the, of the Father's presence and of being held by him is by him bringing me into his family, 
and surrounding me with his family. That is either with the saints or with, with beautiful priests, you know, that came into my life at that time. Mm-hmm. It was like this, uh, this, uh, this, this kind of a uh, great enveloping of God's own family of the father's own family around me so that I could learn to recognize him even through his, through his family. Also, as I began, as I continued to, to know Christ, that, you know, he obviously reveals the face of the father. Um, sure. Was shortly, yeah. shortly after that, that I, that I uh, was beginning to ask myself this question, well, what is God calling me to? You know, how is God asking me to live out my own fatherhood in light of his? And so that really led me to discern um, priesthood. I joined the, the CFR uh, Franciscans in uh, New York. And there, you know, I was really surrounded by this wonderful family of brothers and and beautiful priests that really um, really taught me what it was to be a father in, in, in light of our Heavenly Father. And um, that's really when um, the Father, <laughs> the goodness of the Father was really revealed to me in the presence of, of the Blessed Sacrament. And those in mm. those moments of prayer, um, that whereas in my life I really had not, as I explained already, that I really had not had a father that um, was able to really point me to heaven. Sure. Um, yeah. Here, I I could see that over the course of my life, the father and the father in heaven was actually drawing me to himself. And um, yeah. And Michael, for those who for those who don't know the CFRs, what what is their apostolate kind of? Uh, the Franciscans of the Renewal, uh, founded by Father Benedict Rochelle and some of the other, uh, about six or seven other friars in the late 1980s, uh, were started from, they were branched off the Capuchin uh, Franciscans, and their main focus was direct service of the poor, living with and with and around the poor, uh, to serve the poorest of the poor, and then also evangelization, often to young adults. And and um, so our life was one of kind of real actual poverty that we lived, um, and, and we lived that poverty in and with uh, the poor in the South Bronx, mm-hmm. um, New York, also in Newark, New Jersey, which is where I spent most of my my time with the community. Yeah, so I was there thinking that God was leading me to his fatherhood of being uh, a priest, you know. And sure. it was really over that time that my prayer started to take the character um, of the fatherhood of a married man. And it was through great spiritual direction and real fathers I had in my life that I was able to really um, recognize that the father was asking me um, to, to leave, which was a difficult ask. And sure. um and to, and to be a husband and father. So, and praise God, that's come true. <laughs> beautiful yeah. wife, Jessie, and my five beautiful kiddos. So, Michael, do you ever, like, have moments where you're like, wow, I'm a father, and I have five kids? Do you ever, like, have these moments of, like, just maybe being in all of that or, I don't know, deep reflection? There's definitely that moment every day where you're like, wow, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really a father, and, you know, there's a, a part of me that recognizes deeply that I don't really know what I'm doing, 
you know, mm. <laughs> so there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, and, and I've been doing this for 12 years and I still don't really know. Um, but it's a deep reliance, you know, on, on God, you know, in, in my best moments. Yeah. You know, um, recognize that, wow, this, you know, given this immense gift, you know, and you see that, um, uh, I can just think of a, a very simple image that comes to mind is just the other day we were out working on, on our little homestead here and uh, we just recently got this new puppy and my son is riding his bike down our, our meadow and the puppy is just like just chasing after him and, and uh, it was just such a beautiful something, it was something so simple like that. I was mm. so supremely grateful to God um, for the gifts that he's given and um yeah, I, I, I do hope and pray that somehow uh, his fatherhood is reflected in me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know that's a big ask with all of my <laughs> faults, you know, but yeah. uh, it's, I really do hope that that's somehow the kids get a, a glimmer of his goodness somehow in me. Oh, oh, certainly. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not one of your children, but I just can speak on the side of the friend and um, – uh, not only like your reflection of the Heavenly Father, um, Michael, but also like St. Joseph. You know, I, I, of course, you ultimately always think of the Heavenly Father, but I, I think of St. Joseph a lot too when I think of fathers. Um, and especially with you guys doing your homesteading, St. Joseph certainly comes to mind. And St. Joseph was a bit of an artist himself, of course, being a carpenter, you know. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So speaking of art, I don't know if you would share with us a little bit, Michael, about kind of, um, you know, in the intro, he was talking about how kind of your view of art, how it brings um, like beauty and healing and, and prophecy. Um, what are you what are you doing right now in your life with art? And maybe just share with us a little bit about um, how you view art as drawing people to God and, and, and leading them to heaven. Yeah, I really feel that my vocation, little v vocation, that's sort of nestled in my big vocation, which is what we just spoke of, is uh, the vocation to beauty. And that's really coming from St. John Paul II. He wrote a beautiful letter to artists, which is like a, um, it's like marching orders for any for any artist out there who really wants to create beauty um, for, for God and for others. Um, yeah, I spent, as we said, I spent most of my life as an artist, and it's really only been this latter part of my life where I've realized how much uh, the Lord is in need of it um, to uh, be a conduit of his own healing um, for, 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 for many. Um, yeah, I, I have, with my art, I have made a, a the choice, which is to really focus on healing ministry. So um, these are things like uh, post-abortion healing ministry, um, mm -hmm. miscarriage healing ministries, um, and a variety of other things, um, um, pornography, um, different other men's issues, and some other things for, for children. Because um, I really do believe and I really find uh, that it's the case that uh, beautiful art really does act as a um, 
as a kind of passageway, a portal, uh, almost a window into into what is unseen. You know, so the artist sort of stands in the breach between what is seen and what is unseen, and, and he's trying to um, trying to reveal something about um, the the eternal that maybe can only be uh, felt by the heart, you know, or, or seen by the eyes of the heart, so to speak, and to, to sort of translate what is seen uh, and, and kind of walk that middle ground somehow. That's the struggle I, that I find that the sacred artist is in constantly, you know, mm-hmm. um, and how to, how to leave room for God, you know, to act in art. But, it, you know, it, it is the case that, that for anyone who's, who's walked into, say, I don't know, the Sistine Chapel or been in a place of profound beauty, that there is something maybe that can't be spoken, something that can't be articulated, um, that happens, something where God is able to touch um, where he might not have been able to before. And so sure. I really find that uh, art is, that's where I want to be as an artist. I want to be um, with, with, with Christ in his, in his healing ministry, so to speak. And, um, yeah. and so, I, so from my children's books to any sacred art uh, that I'm doing, um, you know, for churches, um, and also music. So music, I think, is especially a way of uh, opening the heart so that the Lord's prophetic word can enter and take root. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the, the essence of what I feel like I'm, I'm attempting to do. And I'm doing it full time, which is miraculous <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. So the Lord's really given us a gift with that. And you're also kind of having um, a little farm going too with your with your wife and children as well, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole the whole picture. So yeah, we everything happens at home, which I think is a is a is a lost art. You know, the the education of the children, um, our food production, even my our business, everything happens here. Every so, home isn't just simply a place to go and sleep after work is over. You know, right, it's a, right. It, place where all of your life is and we find that to be really true and really catholic and um yeah yeah Yeah, it's such an interesting concept i I think in this culture like what home means to people and and even like in people's view of heaven or heaven like being their eternal home um you know your view of what your home is here um or, or going back to what we were saying earlier about family all those things are such elements of god that if you're struggling with your family life or with what it means to be at home, um, that could really be a, a struggle and healing, um, a healing that would need to happen um, in order to view the Heavenly Father and what it means to go be in His home, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that largely a view of home is kind of transient, you know, in our modern culture, you know, where home... To, it's difficult to sink roots down in a, in a particular place. Um, and even though home for us, I guess, technically is wherever our family is, um, there is something really profound about sinking roots down into a particular place and growing family there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a beautiful ground to contemplate heaven. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, Michael, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just um, just on a technical note, I guess, if people wanted to um, know more about um, like your art or your music, maybe they um, would be interested in having you come to like say their parish and, and perform music, or they're interested in your artwork. Uh, how would they be able to get a hold of you? So uh, for music, most of the time what I'm doing is I lead holy hours with music, which okay. is uh, which is something of a, of a real gift the Lord has given me. And I love to do that at parishes all over the place. Um, uh, for me, the best way to get a hold of me is at my website, which is just michaelcorsini.com. I also have, I'm on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, okay. uh, just under Michael Corsini Art. Find How do you spell your last name, Michael? C-O-R-S-I-N-I. And, of course, to everybody out there, too, um, with all my guests, including Michael, if um, you've forgotten any contact information, you can always contact me, and I can get you in touch with them as well. So, um, Michael, thank you so much for your um, service to the church and just and sharing with us about um, your connection with the Heavenly Father. Thank you for sharing that with us today. It's my pleasure. And I just encourage everybody out there, um, be on the lookout. Um, you know, Michael lives um, up here in the Diocese of Scranton, as do I. Um, be on the lookout if you see any kind of flyers or advertisements, and if there's a holy hour he's doing, um, you know, certainly, certainly um, please come to that and join up with him there. Also check out his website. That would be wonderful. And, uh, Michael, let's just close out here with a prayer. Would you lead us in a prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask um, in your mercy, your kindness, and in your love to show us yourself, to reveal yourself to us. Give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and a heart that beats in anticipation of all of your promises. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was as it in the was. beginning. Well, again, thank you so much, Michael, for coming on and sharing that with us. And um, please know of our prayers for your ministry and your family. And um, I, I know where to find you, but for everyone else listening, um, please check out Michael's information online. And hopefully you can run into him, um, especially if you're up here in the northeastern part of Pennsylvania. Um, and, of course, you know, anybody out there, if you um, need to make any contact with JMJ Catholic Radio, the number is 570-287-4670. And God bless you all. Continue to have a very blessed Easter season, um, and especially during this month of May. Um, you know, get to know our Blessed Mother and, and stay close to her heart. She's our advocate to us, bringing us to Jesus, who's bringing us to the Heavenly Father. God bless you all and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye now.